0: This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It is meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At Super Age, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a Super Age? Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Go to slash ageist. Save 20% on all their products today. Welcome to episode 79 of the Super Age podcast. This is going to be dropping on April the 20th, 2022. So we're back in Park City, Utah today, and it's a lovely day. It's about 60 degrees and sunny. And, you know, sadly for me anyway, winter is going away. I really wasn't ready for winter to go. Uh, the, the winters here are amazing. And I, I think part of what I love about it is just the graphic of these jaggy white mountains against the blue sky. It's just incredibly beautiful. And, the, you know, I like to ski. That's pretty great too. But it looks like we're going to have to wait, you know, end of November next year before we get that again. But the you know the summers here are pretty great too, and it's it's sort of like a secret, and um, so don't be telling people. But the summers in Park City are the bomb; <laughs> they're really awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. It's um, you know we're sort of in the rainy season this month, and then um, you know it's basically summer from now through the beginning of October. Looking forward to that. So we have this call in number, which I'm I'm going to give you the number right now. The Super H call in number is eight zero one. And I'll repeat that. 801-871-5291. And we encourage all of you to just call in. We'd love to hear your voice with questions, comments, you know, anything that you would like to say, and we'll play it on the air. So this week we got a call in from Leanne, and I'm I'm not going to play the recording because it's very poor quality. And it, it took me a few plays through to understand exactly what the caller was saying. Um, My understanding is the the caller's name is Leanne, and she had been taking CBD, I believe, for the first time for about a week. And at the end of the week, whether it was due to the CBD or something else, um, she had uh, a very high blood pressure event, which caused her to seek medical attention. So I ran this by our scientific board. And I also gave a call to Chris Hetherington, who we had on on last week for Peels, which is a CBD company, and asked everybody, you know, what do you think about this? Now, I'm not a medical doctor. I I don't give medical advice. I'm just going to repeat what the science folks told me. And that is that you need to be really careful about, uh, you know, sort of any um, nutraceutical that you put into your body. Um, what's its origin? How is it manufactured? And I think, especially in the CBD space, there's a lot of, I don't like this word, but clean. There's a lot of not so clean products out there and a lot of additives. You don't really know how it's um, being made, what the underlying hemp product is. So it's a bit of the wild, wild west out there. And you know, would I be taking a CBD product that you buy on the shelf at Seven Eleven? No way. <laughs> I would not do that. You have no idea what's in there. Um, and, and it's one of the reasons that we had Chris on last week um, for his company Peels. Now, I'm I'm not associated with this company, but I have looked into the science. I think I think they make an awesome product. If you want a CBD product that's really clean, his comes from orange peels. There's no THC, and they're very careful about. Um, the the processes that go through getting that CBD from the orange peel. So that's my thought on that. I, I hope that helps. Um, and if anybody has another question on anything that we're talking about today, we're going to talk about something really interesting, pickleball. Uh, um, again, 801-871-5291. Love your questions. So I, I don't know how many of you follow us on Instagram, but if you do, you might have noticed that every Monday at 415 we do an Instagram Live and the theme is what's hot or what's not. And that's, you know, taken from a show that we had on Super H podcast back a few weeks ago, which was like super fun. And so what I've decided to do is to just reach out to interesting people that I know. And we have this somewhat irreverent sort of game show conversation for about 15 minutes about what's hot, and what's not. And last night, we had my friend Chip Connolly from Modern Elder Academy on, and it was like super fun. So every Monday, and then it's recording, so it stays on the feed. So I don't know. If you want to laugh, check that out. This week on the show, we've got Tim Ringold, who is going to talk to us about pickleball. And for any of you who don't know, there's like a craze out there for people our age playing pickleball. But one of the downsides to this is they're getting hurt all the time. So we're gonna to talk to Tim about pickleball, what is pickleball, how is it played, and how do you do it without getting hurt? So we're gonna get with Tim in just a second after a quick word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker, which is a platform like no other. Inside Tracker is the dashboard that I use to see what's going on with my inner health. And I use it in the same way that I use dashboard on my car. I know how much gas my car's got. I know how fast my car's going. These are the things that inside tracker allows me to see There's a piece that we're dropping on the Aegis website today which talks about my experiment with something called the Blueprint program, which involved you know an experiment with veganism and a lot of supplements and um, a certain kind of exercise and to see how well that like what that was actually doing in my body, I used the inside tracker platform and the good news is that it had a very positive effect on my inner health. If you go to that article on ages.com, you'll see how exactly I reduced my inner age to 55.2 from my chronological age of 63.3. Um, I put all the details in there. If you are interested in getting an Inside Tracker product, please go to insidetracker.com. Slash Ageist, you'll save twenty percent. It's a great product. Let me know if you have any questions. Happy to help. Hey Tim, how are you today?
1: I'm so great. It's great to be here, David. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm so excited to be informed by all the stuff you're going to, talk to us about because I'm completely ignorant. Um, but before we get to that, you have a really unusual eclectic background. Um, it's true. Tell, uh, tell everybody about yourself.
1: Uh, well, basically, I'm an athlete and an artist hybrid. So, uh, my whole life, um, I have been pursuing the arts as a musician and pursuing sports as an athlete kind of in tandem. And when I was in high school, it was really up for grabs, which one it was going to be as a profession. And I had a knee injury, uh, at 19, uh, after being scouted to play rugby professionally in Europe. And I couldn't manage my own emotions dealing with an injury and kind of blew myself up. And, uh, thought that the window of professional sports was closed forever for me, and went into the world of professional music, uh, first as a recording artist and then as a music therapist. So became a clinician using music as a treatment tool to treat physical pain, stress, anxiety, addiction, uh, and grief. And all the while stayed a Well, not all the while, there's probably about 15 years where I really was so immersed in, uh, the arts in music. I I would train physically, you know, I'd like work out in the gym and I'd run to keep my fitness, but I wasn't playing any sports. And then in about my mid thirties, I rediscovered my passion for soccer, which was my first, one of my first sports I played. And I played soccer at a club level locally, um, from about 35 till about 45, when I had a traumatic brain injury from one too many concussions. And that kind of knocked me out of. Wait, let's back that up. Yeah. One,
0: how are you getting concussions playing soccer?
1: Oh, well, soccer is a contact sport. So, concussions is a gigantic problem in oh, soccer because people, head, yeah, people head the ball and you get a concussion from heading a ball that's hit too hard. And they head each other's heads accidentally when they go up for heading a ball and right. they get concussions from that. Uh, and you can get concussion because concussion is cumulative like a sprain right. or a dislocation. It takes less and less to cause it with each one. And so what ended up happening to me was I got a soccer ball, caught a soccer ball in the face and uh, I didn't get better. And uh, I had to go to treatment. I went to the Amen clinics in Southern California, like, you know, industry leaders in treat- treating, um, concussion and CTE with NFL players uh, and they were the ones who explained this story to me about concussions are cumulative. And uh, the one that put me in the hospital was number 12. I've gone on to have, um, we think, eight more at this point. So we're, we're hovering around 20. Um, the joke is that I fight crime on the side. I'm just not very good at it. So because uh, people are like, how are you getting all these concussions? And I was like, well, it was one of those things where once I got one too many, now it takes very little and it It's a whole separate, you know, topic for another day we can talk about, you know, concussion. But the point was, it took me out of soccer. And I went back to the wastelands of just lifting and running uh, for about three years. I was miserable. And then uh, one day, and we'll get into this, um, someone actually bought me tennis lessons for my birthday. And in my quest to find a tennis instructor, I found a pickleball instructor. And, And no joke, literally my whole life changed. that was 18 months ago. No joke. I mean, my life is completely different today than it was. Like no one saw this coming. David, nobody saw this coming. So yeah, that's my Um, background. Okay. There's
0: a lot I need to understand here. Um, (laughs) Let's go. What is it that's so compelling about pickleball? I know. That you've now oriented your life
1: around. Well, first of all, it's the name so yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Where? let's okay, start let's, there let's do that where <laughs> who the fuck came up with the name pickled
1: oh it's like, so good what? it's so good it's a f- <laughs> okay so you just use the f word so then I, I can say the you following see- <laughs> basically it's a filter to keep douchebags out of the sport that's what it is it, we want tight asses to stay far far away so if you're a tight ass you can't admit to playing a sport called pickleball and that's great. Stay out. We don't want you. So it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a filter. It's really a hazing process to keep people who think too much of themselves away. And for people who can take themselves lightly, no, 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 I'm just making that all up of course. Um, so pickleball as, as the story goes to my understanding. So pickleball was invented by a couple of families on Bainbridge Island, I believe in the sixties. And for anybody who's a big fan and knows the details and I get them a little wrong, don't hang me out to dry. It's like any good story. It's, you know, a little fuzzy on the details, but that that's true story it was started by a family in their backyard. As I understand it, their dog's name was pickles and they invented the game and they named it after their dog because it was basically they had a badminton court, uh, like the cement slab in their backyard for a badminton court. And they just literally made this up one day in order to get the kids out of the house on a rainy day. And so they just kind of improvised. They made some wooden paddles. Uh, I think they took a wiffle ball at the time. And it was never intended to be anything other than a distraction to get the kids out of the house. And then uh, it spread between families. And then it just became kind of a... Inside thing on Bainbridge Island and in Washington, you know, for it's like the long tail, right? It was just this thing that was just incubating for decades, and then uh, started to break out of that incubation. And then of course, when COVID hit, um, people had to find themselves outdoors in order to exercise and play sports. And pickleball is way more accessible than tennis. And we'll, we'll discuss why. And so people who are looking for a way to be athletic and we just even exercise and have some social connection during the pandemic pickleball was, uh, it, it just, it's just the right sport. And I'll, I'll explain why, um, to kind of tick all those boxes. So then it just absolutely, you know, it was like kerosene on the fire.
0: I need some basics here. (laughs) Yes. Um, What is different about a pickleball court than a, say, a tennis court? Like, I know what that is.
1: Yep. Yep. So a pickleball court is like, honey, I shrunk the court. It's, you can take, uh, if you took a tennis court and you basically shrunk it into like a quarter of what its normal size is. Uh, basically if you take a, like a tennis court, you can fit four pickleball courts down the length of one tennis court. So it's like, it looks like a miniature tennis court and I don't know the dimensions. I probably should. But the point is that you can fit four of them on a single tennis court and, but it looks very similar, um, And I mean, it's got a net and it's got lines on around the sides and down the middle. And, and then there's like this interesting spot in the center of it called the non-volley zone or the kitchen has a nickname. Um, And if you've ever played ping pong or badminton or tennis, it's kind of like if you took those three and you threw them in a blender, out comes pickleball. And so it, it lends from elements of each one of those. And so, if you've ever played those, you're like, oh, okay, this looks familiar. And uh, and it has a paddle instead of a racket. And then the ball is a one ounce plastic wiffle ball with 40 little circular holes in it. And uh, pretty basic equipment uh, to get started. So, not a lot of ground to cover. And, uh, and the, the inventors of the game were masterful. So they looked at tennis and they thought, what's the hardest part of tennis? Well, it's the serve and people waste most of their day in a tennis match, either hitting the ball out or trying to hit the ball in or trying to return it. And in tennis, the serve is so dominant, uh, that if you win on the return, they call it a break, you know, it's like a big deal. And they're like, tennis is so one-sided. How do we make this like, how do we democratize this and make this just easier for everybody? So in pickleball, you serve the ball underhanded, almost like softball. And it just instantly Wait, makes so it simple. I,
0: I toss the ball over the net to you?
1: Uh, kind of, sort of. You, you hit the ball, but you hit it underhand. So your, your swinging motion with the paddle mm. is almost the exact same swing motion as if you're throwing a ball underhanded like a softball pitch. Gotcha. So it's very mechanically simple to start play. And that's one of the things that's so brilliant about pickleball is the barrier to entry is extremely low. It's very easy to start play. And because the size of the court is smaller and it's typically played as a doubles sport, the the ground you cover is quite minimal. So it, it's less intimidating and it seems, ha ha ha, on the surface it seems like it takes less effort than tennis. Okay. So now we've got this
0: simple backyard game designed to amuse a dog and or some it, kids and some kids. Yep. Um, why are people so I can see how, okay, I look at this court. It's like, honey, I shrunk the court. There's a paddle. Yep. Oh, okay. I can do this. Yep. Um, but people are getting hurt. Yes. Like I know so many people who are, I can't tell you it's like an epidemic of people being injured playing
1: this game. what say it say the word pickleball <laughs> say it David. People pickle are getting ball. injured playing pickleball. Pickle Come on. How can you it even go even hard into, for me to say it. I'm, how can I'm, you even go to I'm, your sports doctor and say I, on Monday morning like right? I've got this injury, right? I, Can can I have a private room? I don't want anyone to see why I'm here cuz I'm <laughs> so embarrassed. I know
0: it's okay. I'll say it. Pickleball. <laughs> um, so I've injured myself playing pickleball. Yeah, I...
1: what? Is Ain't no happening? shame in it. Ain't no what shame is... in it, son. It happens to all of us. But, well, so, here's here's what happens. It's yeah. the it's the illusion because people compare it to tennis. So they right. see a tennis court and say, "Oh, it's big and it's grueling because it's so you pounding your joints and uh, and uh, you have to have all this stamina." to play tennis. Well, maybe at a high level and maybe if it's singles, but the illusion is is there. People think of tennis and they think of what they see on TV. Most people who play tennis don't play tennis to the level of what you see on TV. They think they do in their head. But the reality is they don't. They're recreational players and you know there's some level of but they look at a pickleball court and they're like, oh, This must be so easy on my body because it's such a small court. And so what they do is they go out there and they don't take the physical side of pickleball seriously. So they underestimate what it requires your body to do to play the sport because of the size. They think, oh, it's so cute. There's a little paddle and it's got the word pickle. What could possibly go wrong? And then the second thing that's really important is the demographic. So the demographic is over 50 that Mm -hmm. plays pickleball. Now that's trending younger as the two professional leagues are starting to build steam. And, and it's, so it's getting younger, but overwhelmingly the, you know, the bell curve of the pickleballers out there are all over 50. And what happens is there's this disconnect because when you go out and you play pickleball, you feel young at heart because it's a very social, very funny game. One, because of the name two, because of the nature of you're very close to each other. And when people start whacking a plastic ball at each other at like high speed, people scream and they're like, ah, and they wince and they jump and it's hilarious. And so it's a lot of fun and people underestimate because it's so light and it's so fun and playful and social that there's actually physical demands on the body and they haven't been out to recess in 40 years so their bodies don't just immediately adjust to the stop-start nature of the sport on concrete.
0: What are the sort of injuries are you seeing?
1: So I'll just describe me. So I'm, you know, I'm going to turn 50 in a couple of months, and I'm in good shape, and I'm, I've kept myself fit. And yet in well, the last- professional.
0: I, I just want oh. to back that up. You're in professional athlete professional competitive athlete shape
1: well that's true yeah but um thank you so uh but the point being that like i came into pickleball extremely fit and i developed muscle injuries in my legs plantar fasciitis in my feet um shoulder injury, uh, rotator cuff strain, uh, luckily no concussions. So there's that, but, uh, the, so lower extremity, soft tissue injuries. And then the other one that hasn't happened to me, but happens a lot are broken wrists, which is very interesting. So this is why there's a very specific thing in pickleball, uh, where your balance, if someone hits a lob over your head, Uh, most of the game is played up towards the net, uh, about 14 feet across from each other. And you're kind of crouched down and you're playing kind of this, this chess match of hitting the ball real soft. And then someone will lob over your head and you go and you reach up and you back up to try to hit that lob. Instead of turning, they back straight up and they trip over their own feet. They fall. And when they go to break their fall, they break their fall, of course, instinctively with their hand. And they break their wrist on the concrete because they're over fifty and their body just, you know, breaks. Uh, unfortunately, so Achilles tendons rupture, uh, gastroc muscle tear, hamstring muscle tear, um, glutes definitely glutes, um, s- low, some low back issues. But then again, because it's a racket sport and you're swinging a paddle. Uh, rotator cuff injuries are quite common as well. And then tennis elbow, uh, people who struggled with tennis elbow, uh, will tend to struggle with it, uh, in pickleball as well. So there's a whole host of injuries that I see. And I have had friends disappear for six weeks at a time. And then suddenly you see them again and it's like, Hey, Bob, where you been? Oh, I had an elbow. Hey, Chris, where you been? Oh, I had a shoulder. It's like they had a baby. You know what I mean? Like they gave birth to some chronic injury. And it happens like everybody's got one. And then the other thing is that everybody has, uh, some sort of assistive device, whether it's a compression sleeve or it's a, you know, they're, everybody's wearing armor and they all smell like, you know, uh, icy hot and Ben gay. i
0: I've, yep. I've just, I just remember the
1: movie cocoon.
0: Like, uh, I'm, this is wow. totally
1: like cocoon. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Very much, and I'll tell you why. One of the interesting things is the the term play. So adults don't really organize their activity around the concept of play. We work. Children right. play. So, right. but but there is a playfulness in pickleball that's undeniable and unescapable. And so you'll see at the courts, senior citizens, uh, boomers, Gen Xers laughing. Right out there laughing. It looks like recess. And they're playing. And so they feel very young at heart emotionally. And they're in touch with something they haven't had in quite a while. And then the other thing they haven't had is a social bond like this around a common interest where you don't have to be good at it to have fun. In fact, At the courts, like the lower level courts, there's like more laughter per minute at the lower level courts. It's kind of like bowling. Like people go out bowling for the social fun, right? We're going to have some beers. We're going to eat some food. I don't know what my score is and I don't care. Pickleball is similar to that in that way, that social bond and that playfulness.
0: Okay. So what do people do who are playing pickleball to not, get hurt?
1: Well, not a lot of people actually uh, make this connection yet, which is partially why I've kind of my career has changed so much in the last 18 months, because I saw this big problem. Like, nobody's taking this seriously. They're not taking the basics of injury prevention and recovery. Uh, they're just not, it's not even on their radar and yet they're suffering. So there's a few of us intrepid souls who really spend a lot of time and a lot of effort uh, and money uh, investing in products and in practices to try to minimize these injuries. Um, and so the, the number one thing, uh, and I talk about this on, on my website, the number one thing is core temperature of the body so heating up the body before they play. Uh, nobody does it. Uh, people, once in a while, you'll see someone cold stretch for a few seconds. But the problem is most people go to the court. <laughs> it's so funny, David. Okay, so you've been to a casino before, and you've been on the floor, and you hear the ching 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 right? All the slot sounds. Mm. And it's like it, gets, it creates this hazy feeling in the brain, like, oh, winning, 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 winning payouts, FOMO. Oh, I'm going to win. And it, you get this excitement when you go out onto the casino floor. Um, well, when you get to the courts, the pickleball is loud. It makes a very loud sound when it hits the paddle. So you pull up in your car and you have all the intentions of doing everything right. And you get there and suddenly you hear pack, back, pack, pack. pack, pack. Like popcorn, right? And then you hear all the laughter, and you hear oh, and you hear like this cheering, and suddenly you're like whipped into a little bit of a frenzy of excitement, like of anticipation. And then you get courtside, and you see your friends, and they need a they need somebody for the next match. They're like, "You're in, let's go, come on!" Oh, oh, okay, let me. So then you grab your paddle, and you you run right out on the court, and you you hit a few balls back and forth to each other to kind of warm up your swing. And nowhere in there. Did they warm up their body and therein lies the rub so they go out there in a cold with a cold body with cold muscles that just were sitting for however long they were in their car and then sitting at their desk before that they go to go to try to play a sport that has real athletic requirements not as much as other sports but it doesn't mean zero it's not chess and then they inevitably uh play one more game five more times and something yoinks, you know, and snaps and pops. And I have been on the court and heard it myself. And it is not fun to be around and it's not fun to happen.
0: Um, let's back up. Tell everybody, um, what's the name of your website?
1: Oh, pickleballrecovery.com. Okay, super.
0: Um, Thank so you. So next, um, how do you, uh, what's the proper way to warm up the body?
1: What, you what should know, I be doing? You know, it's uh, more than anything, it's really about, increasing respiration and temperature so whatever movements will do that for you that that don't hurt your body so for somebody who can tolerate jumping jacks dude 30 to 60 seconds of jumping jacks as a grown-up whoa let me just tell you the first time i did 60 seconds of jumping jacks as a grown-up versus as a kid doing calisthenics and recess it's real and that moves your shoulders and it moves your legs it gets all the muscles firing that you're going to be using during pickleball and it gets your heart rate up it gets your respiratory rate up and starts to heat up your body that's a great one, um, but if you can't tolerate that, you can march in place while you know flap your arms like you're a you know a bird or whatever. And part of the problem is people are just a little self conscious about warming up their body court side. So it's like whatever you can do to heat up your body that you're comfortable doing that that gets your big muscles in your legs firing and gets your shoulders firing so that you can loosen up and just heat up all those joints and all those muscles. Five minutes minimum 10 minutes, maximum. It's all it takes. Uh, I have a complete, you know, like 10 step workout that's on pickleball recovery. Like it's five minutes, 10 different exercises, head to toe, your body's going to be warm and it's going to minimize the number of injuries you're going to have. But if you don't warm up the body, you are just playing Russian roulette out on the court because there's a lot of, uh, reaching and like lurching. For like volleys, so let's say I'm sitting in this ready position, and someone hits a hard shot just to my right. Well, I've got to reach out really fast from my core with my legs stable, and to be able to hit that ball and swing my paddle. Now, a, a ten or even twenty year old can do that with you know impunity, but a fifty or sixty year old does that, and they can wrench their back, they can wrench their shoulder, they can wrench their pec. And so you want to make sure you have all those muscles warm before you go warm up your dinks as they're called, which are like the little soft shots. So that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Warm up the body before you warm up your shots.
0: The, the people that I'm familiar with who have injuries, they seem to, I hear the word hamstring like all yep. the time. Yep. What is it about pickleball that causes this, these hamstring injuries.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, uh, pickleball is played when it's played properly, it's played in a kind of a crouch semi-squat ready position. And it's a position that our bodies don't, aren't put in on a daily basis. So we live in a mostly sedentary lifestyle. So we sit, we walk on flat surfaces, we take small steps and then we sit. So we don't activate a lot of the muscles through our legs, from our hips down through our knees in our day-to-day life. The ready position, you kind of are in this kind of crouch where your hamstrings are not fully extended at all. And then yet you have to then lunge. Uh, So you start out at the baseline and you kind of lunge forward to get to the kitchen line as fast as you can. You reach forward extending out in front of you uh, for drop shots that are in front of you. And so you go from, you're sitting in this kind of cramped crouched position to suddenly lurching and, and leaning. And it's just the perfect recipe for a hamstring pull Uh, or a glute or a groin. All of them, they're kind of coiled In kind of this ready position and then you've got to expand and kind of explode really quickly to get to the ball but because it's a ball sport you're not thinking about your body you're thinking about the ball so it's really easy for people to kind of be in bad form and be in bad body posture and not think about how they move the lower half of their body around the court because they're just thinking about putting their paddle on the ball so
0: let's let's talk you so in the beginning you mentioned around um the warm-up the five yep. to ten minute warm-up yep. and um everybody who plays this sport please go to just go to tim's site and get the guide so that you're not one of these people walking around with injuries all the time yeah um so after i play my game yep and now that's a lot of fun i go directly into my car shut the <laughs> door turn on the ac and leave oh. right you nailed it yes yeah. oh i just shivered okay in the cold and it's, and it's like 68 degrees in my car oh my and, god don't yeah. do that please so what am i supposed to do
1: so yeah this this came from uh self-experimentation because i would leave the court full of adrenaline just high on the social and physical and emotional and i'm out in nature and for me it's very spiritual like i'm just high as a kite after playing pickleball And I get in my car, I'm feeling great. And I call my sponsor and I check in and I'm like, life's so good. I just got off the pickleball court, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, I go to get out of my car. And I'm like, oh, oh." the the rigor mortis has already (laughs) crept in. And I am shuffling to my front door in full on pain. And I was like, this is Awful. I gotta, I gotta do something about this. And as a soccer player, what the pro teams do after their training sessions is they stretch, they do a cool down, which is just static stretching while their body's already warm from the activity, which in soccer, you know, they're training, playing soccer. For me, it would be playing pickleball. Now is when you do the stretching that you've heard is so good for you. You don't stretch the cold body. You stretch the warm body. So you spend another five to 10 minutes on the side of the court. Ten
0: minutes tim i gotta do this for 10 minutes man
1: yeah well it's you don't have i mean with adrenaline i mean you know only if you want to feel better for the rest of the day so if you don't want to feel better for the rest of the day don't bother just ignore it just ride that um, that adrenaline wave and then let it crash uh fine great no problem because you're going to get in that car and once again you're going to be in that sitting position right. where everything right. locks up right so that's the thing i mean if you walked home for 10 minutes from the court that would be amazing but nobody does that so that's when you do all those stretches you learned growing up where you just start good old hamstrings i mean you just move through your body right you're going to stretch your hamstrings you're going to stretch your quads your hip flexors your gastroc which is your calves you're going to stretch out uh your back muscles your shoulder muscles your forearm neck rolls you're going to do it all for five or ten minutes it feels great after a workout calms your body down you're not a sweaty mess when you get into your car and then when you get out of your car you'll notice you will spend the rest of the day less stiff, sore, and in pain. And for me, that's been the biggest game changer has been just how the rest of the day goes physically. It's almost like for those who lift weights and they do leg day, leg day sucks because you can't sit on the toilet for like the next two days without it being just the most painful experience. But you know you're supposed to do leg day, so you do it if there was a way to like spend five or 10 minutes after leg day to remove that pain so that every time you sat on the toilet, it wouldn't hurt. You'd be all in. So this is that same exact thing. You just five to 10 minutes on the front end, five to 10 minutes on the back end, play one last game. You are a grown up. You do have a prefrontal cortex. You do have executive functioning and control. Stop when you, this is what my coach tells me. I have a coach and he says, when you feel good, walk away. When you feel good, walk off the court. Don't wait till you're sore or tired and you're still playing because you're going to blow yourself up. The odds of you having an injury, it's like skiing, like that one last run. Oh my God, the worst. How many people have blown out something doing that one last run? So it, pickleball goes the same way. Play play one last game, spend that five, 10 minutes stretching after before you get in your car. And if you don't do it on the side of the court, that's fine. But don't get in your car, like walk up to your car and then be like, Oh, I got to stretch, do it in the parking lot, do it next to your car, whatever it takes, because that has been such a physical difference in the quality of my days after I play.
0: Let's move to the idea of recovery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So now I, I, you know, take my 63 year old body out there. I've had a heck of a good time. I've, yep. I've done, I've done the right thing. I followed Tim. I did my warm up. Yep. I did my stretch, but I'm still... I like got my sixty-three-year-old body. It's a little yeah, shaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the re- what's the recovery?
1: Sure. So a couple this? things. One is you probably didn't drink enough water while you were before you went to the court or while you were at the court. So you need to hydrate more than you are, and you need to add electrolytes to your water. So you're going to want to add that to your kind of pregame and your during because. I remember uh, because we're in a a men's group that talks the 40 plus athlete group and and we talked about hydration and I realized I was under hydrating on the court and just I upped my hydration on the court by 50%. And automatically that improved my recovery uh, in terms of my ability to get up the next day and feel less sore. So I'm sure the person listening to this, I'm sure you're not drinking enough water. So just like, just take my word for it. Just drink more. Like if you drink two gulps between a game, drink three like literally like just add more to the, to that process. That's going to help your natural recovery process. And then depending on what time of the day you play your pickleball, make sure you are hydrating like crazy, uh, after you play as well so that you can replenish, uh, just that's got to happen. You got to add electrolytes in there and then you got to add magnesium. You don't get enough magnesium in your body and magnesium is super, super important for recovery. So uh, a couple of different you know, experts are throwing around different numbers per day right now. Some are saying 400, some are saying 450, some are saying it's an equation where you multiply basically, I think it's five times your body weight, and then that's the number you need a day. I'm taking about 500 milligrams of magnesium today. I sleep great, and I recover faster. I'm, I'm, I spend less time sore. So those are, those are some super key things. Another one that's been a really big uh, difference for me is compression. So I bought an air compression boot system that there are those, those compression boots that zip up and then they squeeze you. And then I bought the shorts that go with it. So you can, they look like hockey shorts. They kind of go up to your mid waist. And so that hits your glutes and your hip flexors, as well as the other ones hitting your thighs and lower legs, man, that for for me, basically what it's doing is squeezing out the lactic acid that forms in your muscles in about 30 minutes. So what normally takes the body two days using compression can kind of reduces that time to down to about 30 minutes. Um, the first time I used them, I was at a tournament. Now I play singles. Singles is f- f- four times as grueling as doubles, um, because the ball doesn't bounce. Uh, it's a plastic ball. Um, there is less time between points in a uh, singles pickleball than tennis. So your body temperature doesn't have a chance to uh, recuperate uh, and we cover just as many steps. In fact, my coach is a also a senior pro He covers about 20 miles a day during a tournament day on the court So it's it's grueling and the first I remember the first time I used this compression boots I was at a tournament just played singles uh, I used the boots. I used the shorts. I knew the next morning I had a training session at 7 a.m A doubles training session for the following day for the tournament. I got up that morning I was not in pain that never happened after singles i never woke up the day after singles not in pain i wasn't in pain and i went out to the training session and i played as if i hadn't just played a tournament and so that compression of time so it's compressing your compressing your muscles but really what it's compressing is time and the older we get the longer it takes our bodies to recover so if you want to compress recovery time then you want to compress your muscles
0: a lot to think about there um- on the hydration, I, I too am like a huge hydrator, um, yep. especially anytime I'm sweating. Whenever I think I'm sweating, I'm sweating way more than I actually am. <laughs> and it, it's like, if you if you feel thirsty, you're it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> um, you're really like, by the, tip, by the time that signal's happening, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to, um, you know, drink huge amounts of, of water without Huge. like hype without hypohydrating. I mean these crazy no. people will drink like a gallon hour. Don't do that. But
1: no, but I do bring a gallon jug oh, yeah. to the court. And sure. if I'm playing a two hour session and it's yep. 70 and sunny or hotter, I better have finished that two a-, a gallon or that gallon jug by the time I get to my car or else I underhydrated.
0: That's right. Um so with the magnesium, so I take um mag- I'm it's called Calm. I think it's Yes, magnesium. I do too. Is it magnesium citrate? What is it? Magnesium citrate in that? Uh I
1: I, exactly. I couldn't tell you, but I know the one I take has magnesium, melatonin and GABA. GABA. Ooh, it. knockout it, drug. Yeah, it's it, it's it is. It's great. I sleep well. So, uh yeah, but uh, they 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 make uh, I just it want to tell like the
0: audience like word to the wise on that stuff. Yes. Um <laughs> I always tell people this. Titrate meaning Go up slowly, and don't yes, it. Because yes. Because if you decide you're to yourself, you say like, "Oh, you know, I think I'm going to have like a couple of tablespoons of this stuff." Right. You're going to spend the next 24 hours in a bathroom. Yeah. Um, so yep. yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, so the it's interesting about these compression sh- um sleeves, which I I've actually never tried. Um, okay. The I'm like in ski world here. Yep. And the the I don't do this, but a lot of people, they just, they just love the hot tub. They're
1: like, oh, mm. it's great. Oh. Does hot tub do anything? Does it work? You know, that's funny. Um, I don't have the science behind the hot tub, but I will tell you that my muscles like yearn for a hot tub after huh? a particularly rough day on the court because pickleball particularly singles is a full body sport uh because in order to create the torque to hit a plastic ball with pace as far as it goes that has a bunch of holes in it you have to swing with your whole body over and over and over so your whole body is aching head to toe and still that way with doubles for a lot of people um now i'm a big proponent like i take cold showers and i'm a big proponent of ice baths and cold exposure therapy it's phenomenal um and if if I know that I'm going to play like rough days. It's probably the best thing for my body, but it's the least enjoyable is being able to calm down all that inflammation uh right out of the gate. However, the heat feels better than the cold. And here's an interesting thing that happened to me recently. If I did underhydrate and I get close close to cramping, mm. the cold triggers full body cramping. Yes. And boy, is that miserable. <laughs> I'd never experienced anything like it. I went into- That's how uncont- people drown. <laughs> oh my God. I went into these uncontrollable shivers and cramping in the shower when I was trying to do the right thing, taking a cold shower. And so I had to just jack the heat and then my body loosened up and relaxed and everything opened back up. And I was like, whoa, that was fascinating. So I, you know, I, I know that the, my body loves that hot, hot, particularly hot tub, uh, and I couldn't tell you whether or not that's technically good for you. I think that's, you know, there's a train. I, I bet you there are trainers out there that would say both. One will say, oh, yeah, it's great for you. Another ones be like, no, you should get ice. But uh, yeah, I know it's a lot more pleasant.
0: I um, I recently spoke with a former NFL guy who's mm. um, big into re- recovery. And um, I asked him this question. So what works? And he's like, cold. Yep. Um, uh, and what they do is they cycle it. So they go, or what? This guy does is hot tub,
1: cold plunge, hot tub, cold plunge. Really? Yeah. I don't know what the science yeah. is there. Seems yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kind
0: of dramatic, but
1: no. I, I, I've I've been exposed to that thought before, but I've also been exposed to that's really dangerous neurologically. Yes. For the brain, so yes. it's it's a terrible idea to sauna and then plunge into the into the pond like what that does you could have a stroke from doing that super easy so like if you're doing it like neck down maybe uh, but uh i would be really hesitant to do anything that involved my head
0: yeah that's um i've i've read people um like uh laird and mm-hmm. his 220 degree sauna and <laughs> in his bathtub full of ice so they cycle people back and forth wow and the people i know who've done that. Have said it's like taking LSD. Like, <laughs> it's just they're like, I don't know if this is good for me, but <laughs> like I was tripping because <laughs> it, it, like, because you think about what it, what it does to your body, like, right? You know, it's like it's like going sixty miles an hour and then you throw your car in reverse. Yes. <laughs> Whoa! What's happening here?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I got exposed to that treatment by a naturopathic doctor when I had the flu. That was Mm. the first person who was like, let's do hot, cold, because what it's going to do is it's going to open up your vasculature and then it's going to squeeze the shit out of it. And we're going to really activate your lymph and we're going to just squeeze everything through your body. And I was like, oh, I can get behind that theoretically. That sounds good to me. Um, And I would do it in the shower. And, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do my head. And I, I'll just never. Freak, as a guy with head injuries, I'm also, right. you know, I'm always just super, super sensitive to the head. But the body, it felt great. It was like I could feel things it's opening, I could feel things closing. Yes, yeah.
0: yes. You get that neuroepinephrine, like whoa. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, please, more of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 So I can get on board with that. I, and and the, I remember going to my first pickleball camp, and you play for like three hours in the morning. You take lunch. You play for three more hours in the afternoon. And then you do it at all, you do the same thing the next day. And after six hours on concrete, wow. you know, running around, my body was shot. And I remember doing an Epsom salt ice bath mm. that afternoon. And oh. that was like so restorative and regenerative. Yeah, yeah I, I, so I was at a conference and I was, hang, I, I ended up in a circle of people with this guy, Brendan Bouchard, who does like four day live events where he's on stage for like 12 hours a day. And he's just he's like a Mexican jumping bean. He's like full of energy all the time. Right. And you're like, how do you do four hours twelve times 12 and have that same level of energy? And he said, well, I went to a couple of NFL teams and asked them, how the hell do you guys put yourselves through it and then get back so quickly? And they were the ones who said, we do Epsom salt ice baths. Wow. And uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, straight from the mouth of the NFL trainers, you know, and and that's sports science at the top of the mountain, you know, uh, to Brendan and the results are, you know, in the, you know, the proofs in the pudding, you watch Brendan on stage. He's like, this is the only thing that keeps my body going. And I was like, okay. And I know Tony Robbins swears by his cold plunge tanks that are 55 degrees. And he jumps in those, whether he likes it or not every day. And that's what gets me into a cold shower every day is I think of him. Like he, he, he said once, he's like, I never once wanted to get in to a cold tank, cold plunge, cold shower, jump in the river. He's like, I've never wanted to do it once that, but I don't negotiate with my emotions. And I was like, bam. So just this morning, I almost talked myself out of my cold shower and I thought of Tony and I was like, okay, Tony doesn't like to do it. I'll do it too. Okay.
0: Yeah. I do the cold plunge in the, um, we have an outdoor pool. Mm. The ice is off of at this point. It's okay. I have to tell you when there's ice on it, that means the water's like 33. And, um, like a minute of that. And it's like, ah, uh, oh, we're going to die. Yeah. I, yeah. I need, I need to leave. Um, yeah, but yeah, I do, um, I do the sauna and then I get, so I've been in the sauna for like 30 minutes at 180 degrees. So I'm like hot. Wow. Um, and then I go in the water and then initially it's first 15, 20 seconds. It's like, Whoa. And then it's, you know, you do a little Wim Hof and it's okay. Yep. And then, you know, you do like three or four minutes and when you get out though, Oh my God, I just feel like, it's like oh, I want to do that again. I feel so awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it's so funny because I I never like what it feels like going in, but I always like what it feels like coming out.
0: Right, right. And that's
1: the thing I try to remind myself of. Right, and and I also the, the, psychologically I, I don't like taking cold showers, but I want to be the kind of guy that takes cold showers. Like I want to be like that's that it works. Hurts what it what it takes psychologically to put yourself through that and yeah. it's so good for you anyway yeah. right it, like th- that combination you know really inspires me to do it even if i'm like Wah! which is only most all of the time so you dude you're in california there's like yeah but it, it's irrelevant you can't have the comparative conversation of cold <laughs> You just can't yeah, have that can. conversation. No, you yeah, can't. Yeah. It's 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 completely irrelevant because my body is acclimated. Oh, you're acclimated. Okay. So you know, right. I, I right. it's it's like yeah, right. I, I hate that. Comment. I'm like, please, you know, like how much can you bench? You know, what I mean? it's
0: oh, okay, like, <laughs> all right, all right.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah.
0: The, I I will say that for me, the shower is worse. <laughs> Because it's 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 worse. It's about the same. Thank you.
1: I feel validated now.
0: It's about the same thing, but but because what happens is you, like when I go down up to my neck, mm-hmm. um, then my body sort of goes into like the whole body goes into like shock mode. Right? Yes. It's like yes. okay, game on. Yep. You need to you need to like heat things up or bad stuff going to happen. But with the shower, it's not an it's not enough of that. It's just
1: pain on the skin as you rotate. It's, it's just mean. <laughs>
0: Like oh my
1: god, it is. uh, I'm not gonna lie. And and then if you do do baths, the thing you have to do is you have to move the water. Oh yeah,
0: you heat it
1: up. Oh yeah, and that's the thing that people will be like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, that's because there's a there is a bubble around your body that's warmer right. than the rest of the water. So you just move yourself side to side and suddenly oh, you'll yeah. remember how cold that bath really is. And you're like, oh so that's the pro tip people like if you're doing cold baths and patting yourself on the back that it's not that bad. Slush that water around a little.
0: Well the super crazies, um, it's the 45 degree tub with the circulating water. Yes, yeah. That's so the it way never
1: re- there's no there's no hope.
0: Oh. <laughs> there's no escape. Um okay so now we've tortured everybody. We we're
1: like yep squeezing them. Up. <laughs> We're They're like, We're, them. We We're started with pickleball. <laughs> now you're freezing me to death. I don't want to do either now. Thank you. Um, so
0: what, tell me about, um, uh, what are the, so clearly sleep, right? Yep.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. <sighs> yeah. Like, like Michael Bruce, like, don't even get me started on sleep. Like in terms of recovery, like your body, just don't mess with sleep. Like neurologically, you, you, you have to have it physiologically you have to have it your body think of your body like a, your dishwasher when you hit the three hour delay and it runs overnight while you're sleeping your body does the exact same thing when it's sleeping it's running a cleansing cycle and it's just cleaning all the sewage out of your brain and out of your muscles out of your lymph everywhere is going through maintenance mode during sleep and you just can't screw with that because if you wear that system down now your immune system's compromised and that's when things take hold because you're full of germs and you're full of cancer right now so just let me just break the news to you it's your immune system that is fully rested that's chewing it all up like pac-man every day totally unknown to you and if the best way to mess that up is mess with your sleep
0: yeah i think the simple version of that is if if you're not getting good sleep figure it out
1: yeah. Find a way like,
0: do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I fight for my sleep on a daily basis. I, and after my head injury, that was really like, Oh my God, I, this isn't a nice to have, this is a need to have. So figure out what your body needs. Your body needs what your body needs. It don't compare it to anybody else's. Cause that drives me nuts. Also like, Oh, you can do four hours of sleep. Well, good for you. I'll see you in the old folks home. And when you're 60, because you're just, you ran your body into the ground. But if you really can do four hours and you're rejuvenated, Hey, Good for you. Great. But if you need eight or more like me, just get the eight or more and just let go. You're not missing anything on late night TV. So just go to bed.
0: Um okay. So let's circle back now that we've scared everybody about all the bad things that happened in the Wall. Yep. So um, there's probably a lot of people out there that see this like funny game going on. Yep. And so say I see this and I and I hear the little pack, back, 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 <laughs> oh, I want I want I wanna do that. Yeah. What do I do?
1: Yeah. Um, so some great resources to get started, right? So first of all, YouTube is your friend. There's tons of great content on YouTube. There's, uh, several of the pros have really good channels on YouTube for learning pickleball basics. So you can just go to YouTube and click type pickleball basics. That's the first thing. Uh, my instructor who I'm now friends with is a guy named Tyson McGuffin. He has a lot of great content on YouTube. I really, uh, think his stuff is outstanding, uh, for beginners or intermediate and up. Um, and then you, there's, uh, in terms of like the social media world, there's pickleball forum. There's, uh, the, the kitchen is the name of a, a group in, uh, in Facebook. Those are places you can follow what's going on in the world of pickleball um and then pickleball central is one of them is like the main hub for retail um you know don't blow the bank your first time out on a paddle you know don't spend more than 100 bucks on your first paddle you don't know what you're doing um but spend more than 50 because uh it's more fun if, if the paddle works um and then find a group of people like there's a great app called pickle play that my friends uh, Blake and Alex run that kind of matches people up with courts nearby. Like it has a map and it sees where you are oh, and it shows you right. where the pickleball courts are. You click on it. It tells you what type of courts, how to, you know, find out like all the information you need. So if you're traveling and you want to find pickleball courts near you, you just download the pickle play app and it's free. So that's a really good tool as well for kind of getting plugged in. And your in.
0: podcast, Tim, you have yeah. podcast
1: Yeah, yeah. So Pickleball Recovery is the name of my podcast and it's for the 40 plus pickler uh, to help them feel better faster. Uh, And so it's, it's interviews with the pros as to what their routines are. It's interviews with like uh, different product manufacturers, different experts uh, on different aspects. Like we'll have the sleep doctor himself, Dr. Michael Bruce will be weighing in on sleep. Uh, The one that that at the time of this recording, the the podcast episode that just launched today, though, uh, everybody should go listen to. It's a, a brand new company out there called Allo MD, And they've created a breakthrough product for pain relief and recovery in one. And I have been using it for three months now. It is Absolutely phenomenal. It works. It doesn't stink. Uh, you forget that you have like an injury. It heals injury. It actually goes into the extracellular matrix and heals the injury. It doesn't just mask the pain and it doesn't freeze your nerves like icy hot. So it's a really breakthrough product that just entered the Products base in January. So most people don't know it exists and its track record, where it came from for treating precancerous mass and breast cancer. It's like it's phenomenal. So you'll want to check out that episode for sure.
0: Awesome. And if I go to your website, what do I find?
1: Oh, at pickleballrecovery.com. It, that's where you'll go and enter your email address to download my free guide for my warm up and my cool down so that you spend less time stiff, sore, and injured and more time out on that court doing what you love. <laughs> that was so much fun.
0: Um, all right, it's really been fun. Um, yeah, man. And I'm, I'm, I, you know, you make it because I am one of those like tight ass douchebags who are like pickleball. <laughs> uh, like, oh, you want me to play something called pickleball?
1: Oh, it took me five years. Trust me, my <laughs> ego won for five years before I finally was like, no, I'll go out on that court. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna check this out. Oh, I, I see see so I see this stuff like it's like sprouting up. Yeah. They're converting tennis courts.
1: To, yes, all over um, the place because yeah. you can put 16 people on a single tennis court having right. fun. I mean, it's right. great use of resources for the public community. So, and the social aspect, like this, is an important point for this demographic. So, mm. our social circles decline as we age, and oh. it's a it's a very important indicator of longevity and our, yep. our health span, not just our lifespan, particularly for men. And so, this is a really easy way to. Cr- plug back in particularly after the pandemic when our demographic was you know very sensitive to being out uh this is a really great way to plug in i have a hundred new names in my phone over the last 18 months i have a hundred new friends in my geographical area because i discovered pickleball and i rely on them for more than just pickleball these days so there's a real the real health advantage to social health advantage to plugging in warm up first but warm up first please
0: <laughs> um Tim, anything
1: else you want to leave people with no i mean just find a paddle uh find some buddies go out and play uh don't worry if you stink uh because the barrier to entry is really low it's an easy sport to learn it's a tif- difficult sport to master but most importantly just go out to have fun
0: awesome thank you so much man good to see thanks you thanks
1: for having me you too see ya mm-hmm.
0: take care Thanks for joining us on the show today. It was great to have you with us and pickleball. I feel like I'm so behind the curve on this. I got to try this. And of course, warm up first. Um, If you enjoyed the show today and we hope you did, please leave us a rating. We'd love that. Please leave a comment even more. And if you really want to make my day, share this with someone else and tell them to subscribe because we put a lot of love into this show. And you know, that's really the only way we grow. Um, Next week, we've got another great show. We've got Michael Clinton, whose bestselling book, Roar, is about people our age. And he has quite a background. He's an amazing guy, um, former head of publishing at Hearst. And I think we're going to catch him. um, He's on his way to Poland um, for doing some humanitarian work. So we're going to find out about that. Really looking forward to that. Everyone, have an awesome week. I'm just so pleased and happy that you're able to spend an hour with us here. And just one more time, that call in number that we've got, 801 871 5291. Give us a shout. Tell us your questions, what you're interested in. And lastly, of course, a huge shout out to our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Go to slash Aegis, save 20%. We'll see you next week. Take care now.